the NFL keeps making moves a playoff game behind a streaming paywall. That and Matt Ryan and CBS, Pat McAfee and ESPN, the NHL and the NBA playoffs are in high gear, all on the Marshand and RN Sports Media Podcast. Melton Adam between the legs, sidestep, puts up another three. And we're back. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. John, a lot to talk about, but uh, with the NFL, uh, big news with Peacock, $110 million deal to do one playoff game. Where that's going to be the number one topic. But let's just start up. Who's up? Who's down? Who's up? Who's down? I'll start us off. It's going to be topic number one, so I'll keep this short and sweet. But my who's up is Brian Rolap, who is the uh, head business executive at the NFL, who led the negotiations for NBC buying the one playoff game that they're going to stream exclusively to Peacock. Brian Rolap's my, my who's up, Andrew, because they keep finding money out of the TV and media companies. They, they got $110 billion from... Uh, Amazon and ESPN and NBC and Fox and CBS. And then they turn around and, and uh, Univision at its upfront event this week in New York. They're going to announce an NFL deal as well. There's more money go- going into the NFL. The uh, Sunday ticket package. DirecTV had been losing money on the Sunday ticket package for years. was dying to get out. So what does Brian Rolak, the NFL, do? They turn around and they sell it for more money to Google, YouTube. And now they are, they're able to get NBC to pay $110 million for an exclusive wild card playoff game. Uh, it's uh, it's good to be the NFL. They they just they, they print money over there. Hey, Brian Rolop, who we had right before the Super Bowl, if you want to go back into the podcast archives uh, for that interview with Rolop and kind of the, what the NFL is thinking. My who's up? Fox Sports and Deion Sanders. Why? Because the debut of Sanders with Colorado is going to be September 2nd, and it will be on Fox Sports. Uh, you look at it, you know, there's a lot of people who think Dion's going to do very well at Colorado. I'm not sure, but I do know that first game, everyone's going to want to see how they do, and they're facing TCU. Uh, so uh, TCU was very good, of course, last year. Uh, so that is a big-time matchup. Uh, I don't know if it'll you know, be a noon start. That's what generally they like. Uh, but it might be a little early um, out west, uh, Midwest, but uh, but it could be. And that will be a must watch. So uh, that came from the Fox Sports up front. Uh, Deion Sanders making his debut on Fox Sports against TCU. That, there's a lot of excitement around that game. That's, that's a good who's up. Well, I'm going to go uh, who's down. I'm going to focus on the upfront selling season in New York right now. And last year at this time, I made all of the network ad sales executives my who's up because everybody was focused on sports and they had a lot of big events that were that were selling very well. Well, this year, my who's down is Mark Evans, John Bogus, John Diamond, Rita Farrow, Dan Lovinger. Those are the top ad sales executives for Fox, CBS, Turner, ESPN, and NBC. And that's because the ad market right now 
is it's not quite a disaster, but it's not very good. They're competing against the streamers that, that are coming in. Apple TV has hired an ad sales person that's going to try to jumpstart the, their ad sales efforts. Amazon is cruising w w with with its ad sales efforts, not to mention all the entertainment uh, with, with you know Netflix and all the different uh, the streamers that, that are out there. The thing about sports is that it's the one last genre, sports and news, that's sort of holding the cable bundle together. So sports is going to sell a lot uh, easier and, and for higher rates than, than entertainment programming on television. And if you talk to the advertisers, the Women's World Cup, like that, that's, that's going to sell out both in English and Spanish and uh, NBC and, uh, and, and Fox. Um, the, some of the big events like the NFL, they're going to sell pretty well on that. But I, it, it's not going to be as easy a sell as it has been in, in previous years. It, it, it's going to start to become a lot more challenged as some of these advertisers look to the streamers. John, my who's down is Apple and the MLS. Uh, there is no evidence that this has been successful so far. It's year one of a 10-year agreement, so uh, you got to give it time. But I asked Apple uh, what their subscriber numbers are. I have not heard back as this, we start this podcast. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one uh, in terms of hearing back from them. And then this week, uh, they are offering a one-month free trial uh, to people uh, who have Apple, uh, which is a bad sign. You're three months or so, maybe a little less into the season, and now you're offering a one-month trial. That's an indication that it hasn't gotten much pickup. Um, it went out for a half of a game uh, a couple weeks ago. There's barely a murmur on social media. Another bad sign. Imagine a Thursday night football game. Of course, that's the extreme. On Amazon, had gone out. It would have been uh, pandemonium uh, on social media. And I don't know if the MLS, if their people are getting the data, you know, even from, you know, team owners and stuff. So I'm not even sure about that. Uh, and so when you look at that deal right now, it doesn't look that great. Of course, there's a chance that Messi could come. Uh, he has a huge offer apparently in Saudi Arabia for some crazy amount of money. Uh, so maybe he goes there, but if he, if he does come to the MLS, uh, that could maybe change the equation. Um, and I could see Apple wanting to be involved uh, with, you know, even maybe helping that happen. But right now that deal does not look good. Let's go into the topics, Andrew. Let's do our, our topic one, which is really the biggest story in on our beats uh, for, for, for the week. And then it's the NFL selling the wild card game to uh, NBC, who's going to uh, stream it exclusively on Peacock. Uh, it's going to be a Saturday night game. Uh, NBC paid $110 million. It's going to stream ex exclusively to Peacock. Um, it, the teams in their home markets, they're going to still get it on their over-the-air uh, TV stations. Uh, so th that's a... Uh, it's it's not going to be a total ex exclusive, but, uh, but, but by and large, it will be. Uh, for me... Uh, two things really strike me about this deal. One is the price, $110 million. I, as seven years ago, ESPN bought a wild card game and it cost them $100 million to get that game. So in, in seven years, like it, it seems like you hear that number for one game and you're like, boy, uh, NBC got fleeced. If you compare it to what was paid seven years prior, 
it, it you know it went up 10 million in, in seven years and like that that does not sound a, like a lot, lot considering how the nfl rights fees have have gone up i, I want to counter you on that though but i think when you look at how you monetize it um with streaming uh, you know, you're going to get less people. How many people have Peacock right now? Around 23 million. This is obviously a move to get that number up, but I think you can monetize it much better linear TV with cable uh, than you can right now with streaming. I mean, I'm sure they've done their calculations of what having a playoff game awareness. Uh, you know, the question is, can you keep people after you have that playoff game? Uh, and, you know, they, they do have a good amount of stuff between wrestling and soccer uh, and some other stuff on Peacock in terms of sports. Uh, but I do think it's a different calculus. I mean, the the outside view, which is always the outside view, right? You've been doing this forever, John. The outside view is like, wow, they spent too much, right? When it's not your deal, it's always like they spent too much. But that's what I got from a couple of people uh, right away where they thought 110 million was a lot. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see it as a lot. I think that the, the whole idea is to build a sub base. And that's what we talked about for a year and a half, Andrew. The move to streaming is going to harm uh, the the rights fees that are coming in because the the cable systems and the broadcasters with the reach transmission consent dollars they were getting it was so elegant they were getting a ton of money from cable and satellite companies and they were getting a ton of money from advertising and it was a it, and, and with that money they were able to to bid up a lot of these rights fees as they go to streaming there there uh, less people that are watching it. Uh, and and uh, the, the the advertising isn't going to be as as robust. Uh, so it's uh, you know they they're not going to have cable and satellite fees coming in at, at billions of dollars. So that's that's a that's going to be a problem there. Yeah, I'm curious about uh, what type of game they get. I think the NFL is very interested in streaming being successful. Uh, that's number one. Also, will it be rated? Right. I know NBC and Peacock give out some ratings, but I don't think it's, it's not Nielsen ratings that they've done like Amazon's done. I also, uh, you know, when you talk about Amazon, I do think and we, we you know, there is something with them possibly getting a playoff game. Uh, but I do think that has something to do with a ratings number. And then I do believe the fee that they would have had to pay was well above 100 million. Now, that somewhat conjecture. I don't have that a hundred percent of where that, those numbers were, but I think this is sort of uh, perhaps in reaction to, to that, because uh, I think the ratings number again, this is a little bit, not me saying this, like I'm not reporting this. Okay. Just to be clear. Um, but I think the ratings number that they need to hit um, they haven't hit and they may not be close to it yet. Amazon. And so, and I don't even know if Amazon really, yeah, I guess they'd want a playoff game, but maybe not spend another hundred and, you know, plus million dollars. Uh, so I think this is reaction to that. And I do think uh, the NFL, we talked about how, you know, they keep getting more and more money from uh, people. Well, if they're going to reopen these contracts in seven years, which they have an opt to do, right? They have an opt out to do, or if they wait 11 years, they really want streaming to work. So this is a way to get people used to streaming. Uh, they have a game, a regular season game also on Peacock. ESPN Plus has a regular season exclusive. Uh, those games, is the Peacock game also um, not domestic? Yeah, Andrew, my my sources uh, and, and your sources are, are aligned. I, I had heard uh, not too long ago that Amazon was like a clear front runner to get this, to so much so that it, it, it seemed like, like a, a fait accompli that they that Amazon would get it and you know somehow Peacock came in I don't know the story of uh, what happened with that yet uh but I do know that you know this was getting shipped around to you know the ESPN pluses and and 
Paramount Pluses and Pe- Peacock and uh, Peacock was the one that stepped up. But you also said something that I think is is really important here, and it goes into uh, what we saw with the schedule release as well. The NFL it really wants streaming to work, and so I keep looking at Amazon's schedule, and and uh, I keep expecting it to be as bad as ESPN's used to be back in like from 2006 to 2012, where it, it, ESPN had what the NFL called the cable uh, schedule. And so they put the worst games in the schedule. I was like, well, the streaming schedule certainly has to be that. The NFL, when they looked at cable, they knew the NFL was going to work on cable. That was not that that was not a problem. They're still not certain that A, a the, the, the digital fans will consume the NFL in the same sort of way that that they do on on, on traditional TV. I mean, it's still the most popular programming on 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 streaming now. But is it is it that much more popular? Like right now, it's the NFL and everybody else. If you take a look at the 100 most watched shows on 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 television, they're all dominated by the NFL. And it's also, frankly, you know, what 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 did uh, Amazon have? Their first game, I think, it was 13 million viewers yep. that that were streaming it. So Amazon was able to handle a 13 million uh, viewers watching a game. Could it handle a 30 million uh, view, uh, viewer game or like one of the, I, I think these are, these are steps that the NFL is taking to make sure that everything works and that streaming works. And in that seven years when they have the opt out or 11 years when the contract ends, then they're going to have a robust number of streamers that are going to end up bidding on, on uh, the, the NFL rights package. And we had the NFL TV schedule a little bit further down since so we already started on it. What other impressions did you have from the NFL TV schedule? We talked about it last week, but then the schedule actually came out the following Thursday. Uh, just, you know, some impressions you had overall in terms of uh, what you saw. I'm a big, I'm not as big a schedule guy as some other people who cover this stuff. I just feel like the games change. Uh, the injuries happen. I don't know. I think all the networks, first of all, the networks always say how happy they are. Number one. Number two is I think they all get a little something. Uh, they get a cookie here, a cookie there. And it's hard to predict. Like, I'd like to see, this would be a good thing that the predictions of like, this was better. Like Monday Night Football, I think some people maybe thought it wasn't as good as they thought it might be. But will the ratings be up? Like if we look a year from now or at like the end of the season, the ratings are up. Maybe these projections aren't correct. So I don't, I personally don't put as much stock into it. Yeah, I put stock into it in in terms of th- there are some reliable teams that that people know about. You know, the Dallas and then this year the the, the Chiefs uh, the, the, that are that are getting out there. Uh, I said the one the one thing I was looking at was Amazon. Like, what is that schedule going to look like? They changed the rules for Amazon, so it's less about the the uh, really good teams that they have. Amazon somehow they're, they're they're they kept the dogs off the schedule. Like the Falcons aren't on this the the schedule. I forget I, I forget who they. Yeah, the, the, the Red Stallions. <laughs> People hopefully get that reference from uh, the Titans' great social media uh, schedule release. Go ahead. Also, uh, one other thing that's I, I I like looking at the schedule to see who who uh, teams that the NFL prioritizes and the Chargers uh, got a, a ton of um, uh, um, prime time slots, which surprised me. They were I didn't see them as one of the teams that was going to step up in in uh, in that area even though they, they're they projected to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, with Justin Herbert, you kind of could see it, but they also like Detroit. It's like they know something, right? They like Detroit, too, the NFL, uh, which is interesting. I mean, they were they did come on strong at the end of last year, but 
you know, they're until they prove they're not the lions, they're still the lions, in my opinion. All right, let's go to the next topic. Uh, topic three, uh, Pat McAfee. Uh, we're, we're taping this pod, Andrew, on Tuesday. I'm going to see you later today at the Disney upfront. Am I going to find anything out at that? What do you think? Well, I look, I think the McAfee thing, I, I wrote last week that they're the favorites. You know, by the time you're listening to this, it might be done, might not be. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that is uh, likely going to happen. I think it's going to be interesting. You know, let's just say it does happen. Um, just how McAfee fits into the ESPN environment. He's already said uh, since my story's come out that, uh, you know, he's too dumb to change. And so I don't think he's going to be anything different. Uh, and I think ESPN, they want the association. Jimmy Pitaro, the chairman of ESPN, has wanted to get younger audience. Uh, they think that McAfee can do that. I mean, he's obviously uh, proven to be kind of a media sensation, at, you know, quickly. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they'll try to to do that with McAfee. Again, we're taping this before, you know, this potentially is announced. It might not be. It might not get fully done. I think they're trying to tie up some loose ends. Uh, but if it does, we might know, you might be listening and be like, oh, we already know this. But I do think there'll be a linear component. I think you'll see it on ESPN. Uh, and then there'll be a YouTube component as well. Uh, that's what I think will happen. Uh, and I think it'll be for a lot of money, which, you know, we've talked about it with the backdrop of layoffs. Uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, but, you know, I think that ESPN feels like, uh, you know, they. I was told a number of times when this first started that, you know, they, they weren't going to do anything that didn't pencil out where they felt like they could make money on it. And that would be, uh, you know, the only way they would do a deal. You know, we talk a lot about uh, at ESPN, the untouchables of ESPN. Stephen A. Smith is sort of un untouchable. Uh, SVP, uh, Scott Van Pelt is un untouchable. Uh, would you put McAfee already in that group? At this point, I don't know what they're paying him, but I've heard some numbers. And so, yeah, I mean, he's in the untouchable numbers. I mean, look, untouchable. Here's the thing. McAfee is talented. He's obviously successful. He has a lot of energy. Um, you know, he's not as um, controversial as some like when, um, you know, some maybe some other people, but he does swear a lot. So is he, and he's already said he's going to keep swearing, uh, which you know, maybe it's a different time. I just don't know if you're gonna have a show on linear where you're having someone swearing all the time. Uh, just don't know if I see that uh, in the middle of the day, but, but maybe. Uh, and so I, I do think there's a trickle down effect though. You know, you treat one of your stars a certain way, you kind of, the other stars, you know, want to be treated that way. That's why they're all pain in the butts. So, th so that's what happens. You know, if, if he has his rules, then, you know, the other people who are your, you know, your top people, uh, you know, if I were running it, I'd just be like, look, we're paying all this money. Leave me alone. Go someplace else. Now, I don't know. I feel like they have more power than they think. Perhaps I'm wrong uh, with some of these personalities. But like, if you don't like it, what we're doing, then I, I just think when you're getting a huge paycheck, I think that uh, you don't you shouldn't be able also to dictate every or try to dictate everything. That's my opinion. It could be wrong, but uh, I don't think I am. I have a quick question. I just want to check to see how self-aware you are, Andrew Marchand. Skynet has become self-aware. You're a podcast star. Are you becoming a companion in the ass? Well, I mean, look, Chris Mason, master of the board who runs this podcast, and you see why would say that you are the one. I mean, today you were late <laughs> giving me the information for the rundown. I'm like scrambling. I'm looking up the opening. You're just like, oh, let's use Breen. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, I, I do the, you know, work right. of trying to find it. Exactly. Right. I try to find it. So, yeah, I think everyone, I mean, look, if one day <laughs> someone will do a story, hopefully, and get some people off the record being like, uh, Oran's tough, you know, he's tough, high maintenance. 
All right, next topic, uh, uh, an- another um, talent topic, Matt Ryan. Uh, Andrew, what's going on there? So Matt Ryan signs with CBS, very interesting move. Uh, he had an opportunity, could have gone to Fox as well to go on that 11 a.m. Sunday pregame show where Sean Payton's uh, seat is empty, uh, but he chose to go to CBS. He's going to do some games. He's going to do some studio. Uh, I think when you look at Matt Ryan, you look at the CBS situation, it's a Super Bowl year. Uh, the NFL Today crew have their contracts are up. Uh, so going into that Super Bowl and going into next year, there's some uncertain uncertainty. Uh, Matt Ryan kind of is, you know, going the Greg Olson route uh, where he's sort of, you know, he's not getting a top job right away, but can show that he's good at it can try studio, can try games, see what he likes better, see which, you know, CBS and and people um, who watch what they, which they think he's better at. Uh, you combine all that stuff. He's well positioned now. You know, some people look at Matt Ryan and you know, he's kind of have a bland name, of course. He's had a very good career, probably not a Hall of Famer. You know, I've been told that there's more there with him. Um, and then he, you know, he has, you know, a lot of these player signs don't show as big, you know, all their personality, um, you know, during their career. Um, but, you know, they have high hopes for Matt Ryan. And so uh, you look at it, uh, you want to create a deep roster. I mean, I think that's where CBS got into trouble with Tony Romo in the 10 year, $180 million deal they had. At that point, Dan Fouts is their number two. Uh, they didn't view, they ended up, you know, not renewing him, um, but also didn't view him as a number one. You want to keep developing people. So you have, it gives you leverage in these negotiations too. So, you know, Matt Ryan could be a guy that we're talking about for a long time uh, in terms of as a broadcaster, but kind of a under the radar signing. I mean, I'd mentioned him a couple, like a month or two ago in my newsletter as a possibility. Um, and so, yeah, he had two choices and he went with CBS. Yeah, I always find it fascinating how these executives pick ex-players to come in, in, into the booth. And they always talk about uh, when their players, the, the, the production crew comes in the day beforehand and they have meetings with the coaches and some of the top players. And in those meetings, that's when the players really wow a lot of these production executives and actual uh, executives as well. Look, Matt, Matt Ryan didn't play in my market. I, I didn't see a ton of a, a ton of hit quote, quotes from him. He seemed to be pretty uh, uh, a pretty boring interview. Um, uh, he must have wowed them in in, the, in those types of meetings. Yeah, I think you don't know. Like, look, we were at the upfronts. Uh, I think when you know I was around Derek Jeter a lot when he covered the Yankees, and he was fine. I always say people ask, "What was Jeter like?" And I always say he was politely aloof. Um, which isn't the worst thing. I mean, I also think I saw this on the other side of town with David Wright, who uh, ended up having a very good career, but not the career, of course, of Jeter. Wright would like answer everyone's questions. And like, it just, it's a lot. Like, I know that might, somebody listening might be like, that's not that much. That's draining. It's an hour of just answering questions. I don't, you know, I'm sure David Wright said no to some people. Jeter was available every day, but it's like 15 minutes. You got him or you didn't get him, right? You had to like kind of stake out his locker if you wanted him. Um, you know, obviously, if you're a regular person, he, you know, he give you a little more time. Uh, and then on the road, of course, there's less people in the in the clubhouse. Uh, so it was easier to get him. Uh, but, you know, when he showed up at the Foxes up front, it was a big deal. Right. I mean, they had Strahan there. They had A-Rod there. But I do think Jeter um, with that crew in that city, um, it, w- it felt like a bigger deal uh, when they came on the stage. Um, and everyone was standing because Fox, for some reason, had no seats for half of us. Um, the, uh, but <laughs> it was fun. But I thought Jeter's appearance, um, you know, there's star power there. 
the upfronts were funny. Fox, since they sold the, their entertainment assets to Disney uh, a couple of years ago, they've really dived into news and sports. Uh, and so you can tell that from their upfront. I mean, they, they had Michael Strahan uh, with Gordon Ramsay sort of opening the show. Uh, they brought Jeter out uh, and ha had him with A-Rod. And the New York crowd was like, they, uh, the, and the crowd is all ad sales executives and they're all cheering. I, I need to make it known I did not clap. And I, I was watching you. You did not clap either. No, I so, would never uh, clap. When, of I course clap. not. I, I did almost boo, though. I did. <laughs> I would, uh, I'm surprised you didn't bring up Adley. Okay, can we talk about Adley Rushman for a second? No. Uh, and no, we cannot. They had Aaron Andrews come out. She's interviewing Carly Lloyd. And sports is a big part of Fox. It's a big part of, of, uh, of Fox's upfront. Meanwhile, at the NBC upfront, um, uh, which was earlier that earlier that morning, uh, Mark Lazarus, who used to run NBC Sports, came out because, of course, uh, Linda Linda Yaccarino, um left NBC to go run Twitter. Linda Yaccarino was, of course, the head ad sales at uh, NBC, and Jeff Shell ended up getting fired. Uh, so that Mark came out to to give it, and then they just went into entertainment programming and they went into reality programming, uh, and. They they, uh, they brought out a couple of Big Ten coaches to talk about their first Big Ten game, uh, which is going to be a, a West Virginia at Penn State game. So James Franklin, uh, the, the Penn State coach, was uh, was on stage to, to announce that. But they really got in and got out. I think they all told sports took up. They, they had us there for about 90 minutes, and sports took up maybe two, three minutes of it, you know, maybe five tops, you know. And, and this is an Olympic year. And if you talk to NBC executives, they don't have trouble selling the Olympics. They they, they don't need to teach the pe the ad sales people what the Olympics are. They they, they already know. But what what the, what these shows are like the animated Ted show with a uh, talking teddy bear. You know they they need to sort of explain that to the to the ad buyers. And that that's sort of why they decided not to do sports. But for Fox, it generated a lot of excitement. They brought out the biggest stars of of, uh, of New York sports: Strahan, A Rod, Jeter. Yeah, hundred percent. Let's go on to our next topic. Wait, what is that? Do you hear that, Andrew? I believe it is the Brady Meter. You made this international. You have an update to the Brady Meter. I can't wait to hear it. What do you got? First off, let's be clear. This is my percentages. All right, they don't move that much, uh, but the it fluctuates, and this is the art final numbers. Like keep moving like that like uh when it's like they have like the elections they keep moving like oh it's going this way or the or the silly uh win probability that espn does so let's get to it the brady meter was at 49 percent he's not going to do it 51 percent he is going to do it it has moved down to down 47 headlines, headlines. <laughs> it's moved down to 47 percent he's going to do it 53% he's not going to do it. The reason why, the report from ESPN about ownership possibilities with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, it's not going to be a problem. Fox Sports will let him do it. Um, a couple of years ago, Troy Aikman was in a ownership group that almost bought the Buffalo Bills. He was going to remain on the broadcast, and they would have figured it out if the Bills uh, were in important games that uh, Aikman had to do. I think the same thing could possibly happen 
with Brady um, in terms of if he does, this goes through with the Raiders and he does go through with actually calling the games. But it again shows how much he has other interests besides just calling the games. Uh, Again, I'm not saying he's not doing it. All right. I'm saying the meter has moved to 4753. Something could happen. He could shoot back to 5347, but we got a year to do this. And John, I think it's fun. What do we call it? The Brady meter dropping by two percentage points. This is going to be international news again. International <laughs> no, news. No, please. Nobody, nobody posts this. No, we're good. We're good. All right, reserved. Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. Thank you very much. Well, I did Let's use go. it in my newsletter the other day, my Monday newsletter. I did. I put a trademark on it. All right, let's go on to our next topic, Andrew. Uh, it was your who's down. Uh, Apple, MLS, and their media rights deal. We're now a couple of months in to the first year of their deal. And we know now about as much as we knew two months ago, which is basically nothing. We don't know what, what the subscriber numbers are. We certainly don't know what the viewership numbers nothing are. Nothing official. Like we do talk to people. So we, we do talk official. to people. However, I have to tell you that you know, I've been going around these upfronts and people that buy MLS advertising are in the dark. They don't know what the numbers are. If they're in the dark, is that good? Like if they had, if they had a million plus subscribers, let's say, I don't know what a realistic number, let's just say, you don't think that that might be whispered out? I don't think Apple does things the way a lot of traditional media companies do. Okay. And so I, um, look, I think that all of the things are potentially negative, but Apple is, they, they, uh, march to the beat of their own drummer. If I can use an awful cliche that would that would get edited out in my hard copy, but I'm going to use it here. What do uh, What are you hearing? Well, I look. I, I think I you know I I obviously put it as my who's down. Um, and I those points are I think all valid. Um, the one thing with the month free, uh, if you look at the schedule where MLS is, it's rivalry week. So if you think about it. They gave it for free, which I never understood, to season ticket holders. Uh, so those people have it. The diehard of the diehards probably got it from the beginning. So now who are you going to try to entice? Well, that person on the fence, it's rivalry week. Give them a month trial to try it out and then see if they'll stick with it um, and or forget about it, uh, which seems to be all the technology companies' uh, strategy. Um, and so... Uh, I, you could see like what the timing is. So maybe the one month free um, is not, um, you know, maybe you don't read as much into it because maybe it, it's like, you know, Apple does know what they're doing with subscription. And if you look at it, that's not a terrible point uh, that, you know, you're, you're at this point of the season and you already had the diehards who are going to dive in. Now you're trying to get some people who are on the fence and this is a way to entice them to get over the wall and then perhaps pay you going forward. I could see that possibly. Well, first of all, we don't know. That's their problem that they don't tell us the subscriber number. So, you know, we can't just be like, oh, we're not going to report on it. You don't tell us the numbers. Um, I've not heard good things uh, from people I've talked to. Again, they don't know perfectly. Uh, I think the data uh, stuff is something that is interesting to me is, you know, who owns the data um, with Apple. Um, and then uh, the fact that a couple of weeks ago when it went out for like a half, it wasn't like a huge deal on social media. I don't think that's a great sign. Like I just, that's not a good sign. And look, because we don't have numbers, like I'd love numbers, like verified numbers, 
but I just anecdotally, I don't get the sense that, you know, that, that many people are getting it. Now it's hard. Like it's hard for anybody to do, to go to streaming, um, you know, besides maybe the NFL, you know, the NBA, I think probably can do it as well, but others, you know, you're it's, especially if it's not the best, most important games. Like if you put like the Super Bowl on streaming, it's going to do well. It's going to make a huge difference. This playoff game we talked about with Peacock, that's going to be a big deal. Um, and it's coming up, you know, at the end of beginning of next year. Th- those are my two cents. I mean, what's your sense? That and the NFL is sort of a different animal than than, than everything else. Uh, so, a glass half empty view is I've talked to you know uh, several uh, uh, executives with with several different teams at MLS, and um, I think frustration is too much of a word, but they they're, they're a bit wary right now. They 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 they, they wish that. Uh, that these games were uh, were more accessible. That's a glass half empty uh, view of things. As as like there's there's starting to get be a little bit of dissension about like what the hell's going on here. Um, a glass half full is that it's a long term deal, and we're only two months into it. And like if you want to grow a subscription base, you know they're doing it methodically and 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 trying to to to, to grow it in that way. Just last night. To prove a point, I opened up the uh, Apple TV app on my iPhone, and the f- the first image that came up, it was a full screen. Do you want to subscribe to MLS? Mm. Uh, and then once you sort of got, got past that, it, uh, the MLS was up at the top. So in terms of Apple marketing this, they're, they're doing what they promised MLS they would do in terms of marketing it within the Apple wall. What you what you. What I'm not seeing out there is how I can watch these games, marketing it, and you know, uh, in newspapers or on websites that are sort of outside of uh, of Apple, and or or, or even on on uh, TV stations that are outside of Apple. Hey, if you want to see this game, go ahead, you can get to Apple TV Plus. Uh, I'm not saying that they haven't done it. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm a pretty big sports fan. I watch a lot of sports, and it just ha- it, it, I would th- think that. I, I would be able to see those those commercials and those uh, I can't recall uh, having seen any one of those. Well, look, the devoid of actual numbers, you can only go on what you see um, and don't see. And so I'm a big like I'm more into people's actions and their words. Um, and so I think a couple of things that uh, the fact that there wasn't such a hubbub when the games went off. I mean, there was a little bit, but not that much. Uh, that's not a great sign. No, it was um, an awful sign. Yeah, the the fact that look, you could argue the what I gave them, you know, what Apple might be thinking in terms of why the free month, uh, that makes some sense, but still not a great sign. And I think this is what we'll find out in the off season for MLS, and maybe they will even announce at the end of the year is the schedule idea of putting all the games basically on one day. Does that work? And I don't think it really does. I think if you have a marquee matchup, you kind of want to maybe spread it out a little bit. Maybe it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. I don't know if the one day a week, Saturday night definitely works. Um, I mean, Saturday night, Saturday night. It's not college football yet. MLS, at least in the United States. Especially I've made this point. We made this point when we were talking about this, when this deal was being discussed and where it would go, is that I can watch the Premier League on Peacock, NBC, and USA in the morning. Um, which is really convenient for a lot of people. Uh, Champions League, CBS is putting it on broadcast television. Um, you know, it's on Paramount Plus as well. Uh, and then sometimes C- CBS Sports Network, but it's also the biggest games are on CBS linear broadcast television. So you can get your fill of soccer um, 
on TV and video. Um, and I don't know if really that many people care that the game is played in Red Bull Arena as opposed to somewhere in England. Uh, so I think that going to a game is obviously different, but I think that's some things that we'll see. So actions will speak about really how this deal um, is playing out and that will play. They will see that over time. John, let's finish it up with uh, the CW and live golf and what happened this weekend. Take us through it and your impression of uh, the Heidi game of live golf. Well, the Heidi game, people were actually watching. This was a, this was a golf tournament on the CW and uh, it's a problem of actually going to a, a broadcaster like the CW, which doesn't have other sports they're not used to doing sports. So what happened was it was a final round. It went into the a, a playoff. It had uh, star golfers like Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson. And in the middle of the playoff round, this happened. Now, for some of the CW affiliates across the United States who have to leave us now, please switch to the CW app and CWTV.com to continue watching this thrilling finish in Tulsa. So if you were watching this tournament on the CW, instead of seeing how the tournament ended, you were, depending on the market, either seeing Family Feud, Penn & Teller, or infomercials. You, you talked about uh, Apple TV Plus going down in the middle of the MLS match and not seeing a lot of, uh, of activity. I didn't see a, a ton of activity on my uh, on my social media feeds when this happened as well, which is which is a terrible sign. And even the fact that it happened, it just shows it as these as these broadcasters that are not the NBC, ABC, Fox, and CBSs of the world. As they start to get into sports, there's a there's a certain rhythm to doing sports and. NBC figured this out. When was the Heidi game? 1968, I believe. You know, they, they figured this out, out a half a century ago. Uh, the, the CW and some of these uh, these newer broadcasters, they're figuring it out right now. I had a couple of people reach out to me on social uh, asking what happened. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, not an uproar at all. Uh, Live Golf is trying to grow, but uh, yeah, that's not, that's not good. You can't, that can't happen. And that's the dangers when you talk about the CW and we, you know, talking about when we talk about college football, what might happen with the Pac-12, if you go to a different, you know, not your traditional places, um, you know, some of the things you could have to deal with. So, so you know, Andrew, the, the, the thing too is that it should be a good news story for Liv. It was in Tulsa. I know they've only been around for a couple of years, but they set a record and they, they had a lot of fans come through the proverbial turnstiles to, to, to watch it. Uh, it, it, it was a, an exciting match. Things should have gone well, but as has happened over the last like uh, two years with this with this tour, like it, just the bad news, it just snowballs on them. I mean, this is the, it, it makes them look uh, semi pro. Hundred percent. All right. Well, we try to look fully pro every week. <laughs> uh, you can if you like us uh, and subscribe, and if you leave a nice comment, we always appreciate that. I uh, want to thank Chris Mason, the master of the board. Uh, and then AC Wyatt, who put this together every week uh, and get John his blue M&Ms each week. Uh, and so uh, that's going to do it for us. John, you got anything left to say besides the bloopers? Uh, no, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight at, uh, at ESPN. So that, that, that'll be good. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. 
The NFL keeps. That's good. Sorry oh, about that. <laughs> Starting him like three, two. Yeah. He just coughs right into it. We need a cough. You done coughing? We're good. Three. And I think my throat. I think my throat is clear. Yeah. Okay. Never sounded better. You've never sounded better. You're on mute. I don't know what I'm doing.